set my boundaries is my rest days, like the days off from the gym. I call those recovery days. And those are days where I'm like, I need to slow down. I need to do something for self, like really, really intentional. Like I'm going to go to the spa or I'm going to go for a massage or I'm going to block out three hours in the afternoon and just do nothing because I can't go 100% all of the time. I need to have those downtimes. And that's how I find my balance. Welcome to the Spiritual Shiftworker Podcast. I'm Lyanne, and I'm so happy that you've pressed play today. This podcast is here to inspire you, but more importantly, to provide you with the tools you may need in order to make a shift in any area of your life. Whether it's a small shift or a big shift, I will be sharing real-life stories from incredible humans who have done both. And of course, as a shift worker, we will navigate all the ups and downs of working shifts, from nutrition to learning how to ditch the overwhelm, to creating more time to do the things that light you up. So grab that Java, sit back, and enjoy. Welcome back, beautiful souls. Oh my goodness, I have such a treat for you on this week's episode. It's actually been a while since we recorded this episode, and I've been itching and itching, itching to get it out to you guys. I tell you that this journey that I'm on has led me to connecting with some amazing souls. And if you've been listening so far to the podcast, you all have met a few of them. And I highly suggest that you go back to the start and listen to episode number one with Christina LeCure, as it will give you an idea on why I started this podcast in the first place and what it was that I was searching for. But this week's guest is not only (laughs) my personal trainer, but someone who I have the privilege of calling a dear friend. Courtney Ustricki is the founder and head coach at Courtney for Life Coaching. She lives in Cancun, Mexico with her husband and enjoys soaking up the sun and is the self-proclaimed taco queen. As you will find out in this conversation, I started following Courtney back in about 2017 and have been her client for almost two years. Courtney's approach to fitness and nutrition is both no-nonsense, but also she meets her clients where they are in their own personal journey. But more than just fitness and nutrition, Courtney empowers her clients and her followers on social media to level up and become 1% better every single day. This is a bit of a longer episode this week, but trust me, you will want to listen to every minute as Courtney discusses her views on balance, self-care, going all-in, and how communication and mindset are everything. So let's get started. Hey, Courtney. Welcome to the Spiritual Shipworker Podcast. Thank you so, so much for being here. Okay, so for those of you who follow me on social media, you will likely know Courtney from my workout posts or reposts from Courtney herself because she has a lot of goodness to share. But I always like to give my listeners an idea on how I know my guests and how Courtney and I first connected. So I'm going to guess that I found you around 2018 or 19 on a fitness app, not yours, we'll get to that, but I felt a strong connection to you, your style, your just humanness, you're so real, and I guess I could say, I didn't know at the time that you were Canadian, but... um, I, and then I immediately started following you on uh, Instagram. And then I became part of your community, your Facebook group. And then it's been 
year and a half now since I've actually been your client. So I would really, really love for you to introduce yourself. Tell my listeners a little bit about you, where you are, what you do, and what you are currently excited about. I'm so excited to be here. That's what I'm currently so freaking excited about. I'm excited that we get to have this conversation and... I guess while we're using special words, shift um, in terms of like leadership and who's kind of like leading this conversation and stuff, because obviously uh, from a coaching perspective, you and I, the roles are reversed a little bit. So hello, everyone who's listening. Thank you so much for having me here for the beautiful welcome. I had a huge smile on my face listening to all of that. Um, Honestly, I think you have been following me. And if this is like the body rock days, this is like... 2016 2017 because this was before I think it was 2017 because that's when I ended up leaving Canada so it has been mucho many years so on that note I'm not in Canada anymore I am in Mexico I live in Cancun I've been here for almost five years I am a nutrition and strength coach online and Life is wonderful. I am also, I guess, outside of my business, I am an IFBB bikini professional, which is my new status, and it's super exciting. Um, I am a sun-soaking taco queen, and I am a real human, which I think is like the overarching, most important thing, that I am real, raw, relatable, all that good stuff. Um And that's who I am and what I'm most excited about, again, like just to be here, have this conversation, have have a different kind of conversation. Usually podcast interviews that I do are talking about more so like business and from a coaching perspective. And although I know that we're talking about it, we're talking about shifting and personal and spiritualness and all that. And I love it. Okay, I'm done. I'm done rambling. That's no, no, it's it's perfect perfect because I and again, and this is one of the reasons why I don't actually do any structure to my to my episodes because I want to see where it leads but also what connected me to you in yes it was body rock was that you're just so real and then when I started following you on social is that you say things that a lot of people won't say and you're honest not I mean obviously you say it in a way that gets to people to the point to start thinking about where they are what they're doing, what they're thinking about, and to get rid of their own bullshit. And that's, I mean, in my profession, I can do that to a point. <laughs> um, and all my <laughs> listeners know what I do, but um, I just love that that's what it, that you're currently excited about this. And yes, I mean, I forgot to say in the introduction that uh, in 20, oh my gosh, for 2023, but last year I met you in person in Mexico on your retreat and like you are just the same as you are online and that is so refreshing because you see a lot of people that only show the highlight reels and you showed especially as we'll get into it um going through your prep and for your competition that it was fucking hard and I think that a lot of people don't show that aspect of so before we get into all that goodness what made you, um, and we'll get to how you ended up in Mexico, but when you decided, when did you decide or know, I guess, that you wanted to do a, a business online? And was it always about fitness and nutrition? 
Uh, no, the fitness. Okay. I didn't even go to school for fitness and nutrition. That was like, I was the complete opposite. I was the wild party girl that nutrition was, there was no balance. There was no nutrition. There was no fitness. There was me trying to lose 30 pounds because I gained it so quickly from drinking alcohol in college. It was completely the opposite. I actually went to school for graphic design and advertising for five years. Um, I worked full time as a, at a career afterwards for, like a year and a half or two years. And then my ex-boyfriend at the time, very toxic. That is a whole nother podcast that we can get into. Um, he, one of the good things that came from our relationship is the encouragement to shift more into not really a coaching perspective, but getting more into nutrition and training. And from there, I ended up I had like this random opportunity and honestly, this is how like all the great things happen, right? It's like that the right place at the right time, randomness. I was at the gym one day after a workout and the owner or the manager came up to me and was like, do you want to be a coach, like a trainer, a personal trainer? And basically like in the shortest story possible, I ended up being a personal trainer at a commercial gym. I ended up working from home. I built a business with a different boyfriend at the time, um, separate. We weren't all dating at the same time. And we ended up building... Yes, that is important to emphasize. Um, We had our training business from home. I knew that it was so much more than training and I wanted to reach more people. So I started getting into the online nutrition. Then it it basically was like a huge snowball effect. And it got to the point where that boyfriend and I, at the time we were, our relationship was kind of parting ways just naturally and respectfully. And I was like, well, I have this whole business and I hate being in Canada So I ended up taking basically an extended vacation away from him um, and which led me to the Dominican, which led me to completely shifting my business online because I had to, because I didn't have like a physical location. And obviously one thing turned into another and now I'm living in Mexico and doing retreats and doing epic things. (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah. Amazing. So I, I just, I like what you said at the beginning of that, where you said, you know, just totally random. And again, that's what sort of the spiritual aspect of this podcast is about. Because if you look back, right, you could, I mean, hindsight's always twenty twenty. but was it really random? Or now where you see where you are, it was like the breadcrumb, right? It was like the beginning of something. And then you yeah. said it snowballed. So it, it wasn't what you went to school for, but obviously those tools and skills that you, you took from school has helped you immensely in your online business right now, right? All of yeah, all of that I'm still very grateful for. And I can use my design skills to build my website and to promote. And that's why my Instagram is so visually appealing. And I have that I, I feel like creativity is really important as a coach to be able to think critically and to think of like different options. So it's not just like, here's your training program. It's like, okay, how can we get creative with this? But creative, not obviously in a stupid way, but then being able to work with the, let's just say art supplies, I guess, for lack of a better term that we have, because not every client is going to have the same mindset skills or life skills or habits or whatever. And it's like, okay, this is the the, the palette that I'm working with how can I turn this into art or turn this into a masterpiece? Yeah. I like this because everyone is so different. And um, 
I know again from, from being in part of being in your community is that you have a couple other coaches. But when it comes to you specifically with your clients, how do you because everyone is so different and I've met a few of them from the retreat last year, people are different. People have, like you said, different mindset, different skill levels, different jobs. Like I can't always work out at the same time every day because of my shift work. And how do you how do you not so much meet what you do, you meet your clients where they are, but also try to elevate them and level up to become just that little bit better in what the skills that they have. How do you do that? A lot of practice, a lot of practice. I've had this business, I guess, technically I've had Courtney for life for almost eight years, which is incredible and like wild to think of. And, And it has taken me a very long time to learn how to adapt because there are definitely things that I used to say or do or believe in eight years ago that are very different now. I feel like I have developed this, this is maturity from a life perspective, from a athlete competitive perspective, but then also from a coach is like, I've matured in terms of like communication and meeting people where they are and understanding that everybody's life is so different. Like I'm the odd one out. And I have to know that I'm not like my life is normal. I can go work out whenever I want. I can measure my food and it's, it's just easy and everyone can meal prep on Sundays. Like I get that's not the case. And just from practice and working with literally hundreds of clients, knowing that everyone who has goals and everyone who comes to me, their goals are just as important as mine. Just because someone's goal is to be able to go, like to step into a gym with confidence doesn't mean it's less important than me trying to like win a certain status or win like a bodybuilding competition, right? Like everyone's goals to them are so important. And me being able to really understand that because they have a life story that I only know so much about and they have been through a lot of hard shit that I can't relate to. So trying to find the common ground and being like, okay, let's build your confidence. Um, And it's almost it's like simplifying it to a point where it's almost silly, but like, and I know you can relate to this and probably a lot of the listeners is, you know, when you like do something and you you say something to a kid, like, do you want to go color? And they get so insanely excited. And you're like, yeah, it's coloring. Or it's like, you ask the dog to go for a walk and they're like peeing all over the floor with excitement. That's how I want my, like, I want my clients peeing on the floor with with excitement. (laughs) That's ultimately what it is because the thing is like, it's so important to them. You know what I mean? Like you give a kid like a yellow lollipop and it's their favorite ever. Like their life is perfect. That's what I want. And that builds like confidence and skills and independence and uh, autonomy and self-efficacy. Like that builds life. And I think that's really important. So me being able to understand that what your yellow lollipop looks like is going to be different from my yellow lollipop but it's still a lo- yellow lollipop that we all like love immensely. Yeah. Oh, that's so, it's an interesting the way that you put that. And I, I just hearing you speak about that shows how much that excites you. And that that's really what, you know, it, yes, you teach nutrition, you teach macros, you teach, you know, how to do the weights and special uh, like the form checks and such, but really you're selling self-assurance and you're coaching on confidence. It has nothing to do with nutrition. Like if we're being honest, like the, the base of 
the base of it. It's like, I reel you in with like, yes, you want to lose weight and you want to learn how to eat food. Like, yes, we're here for that. But guess what? This comes with so much more excess baggage that you didn't know you needed. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And there's, like you said, right. Some people it's just strictly it's baby steps. Right. And you, the fact that, and and I will, I will say, and I've seen it because I have been around for a few years now that I've seen how differently you you now speak to people or you, you word things. And it's like, yeah, like we're all learning because when we see someone like a coach or we have a coach, we put them up a little bit higher, right? Because they're the expert. And, but knowing that you are also the student, and this is something that I've heard recently is that this year there's a lot of different energy going on for 2023 if you believe or buy into that, but that you have to be the teacher and the student in order to really expand. And so where are you specifically when it comes to your clients? What are you now, how are you becoming the student in order to further accelerate your clients this year? I'm constantly learning from my clients. Like when, when a client graduates and they thank me like for their time, for like my time and information, I'm always like, you have taught me so much. Like every single one of my clients, if I made like a list of my clients and then put something that they have taught me beside it, it is incredibly powerful. Like I'm, I don't know everything. I don't want to know everything. I want to be learning and growing and evolving and expanding. Like I'm constantly learning. And then when and it, again, like, it's like a snowball effect or the breadcrumbs. It's like, it, it leads one thing to another. And one thing that I've really learned over this last year is I've been able to tap more into, cause I've done kind of like the, the mindset work and I've done the, and not that it's ever done, but I did spend a lot of time learning about that. I did spend a lot of time learning about training protocols and specifics. Now I'm shifting a little bit more into, and this is something that I haven't told anybody. So you kind of get first, first secret on all of this is I'm taking, I'm going to be taking an emotional eating course because I think that is really important. And that's something that some of my clients over this last year have encouraged me to learn a little bit more about to the point where I'm like, I want to take a course on this and just get a better understanding and a better grasp of it. Because I know that's going to help me um, from many perspectives. And it's also going to help all of my clients. It's going to help my coaches who can therefore help clients. Like it's, it's leading by example and being able to like, I'm not just doing this for business. Obviously when something has like an, a, per, a personal attachment to it, you're much likely much more likely to succeed with it and, and to evolve or to grow with it. So um, my, my clients have taught me to continue my education so that I can be better for all of us. Yeah, it's, it's true, right? Like words don't teach only experience really does. And so what you just said there about like, that is, I, and it's interesting that you just mentioned that again, this follows into is that, emotional eating but also that control over the eating like I find that's something that I used to deal with was I needed to have so much control that when I fell off sort of the in the wagon is that I would feel I would just feel so bad about myself 
And I wouldn't then overeat, but I was so restricted to that, to the concepts of whatever social media, the interwebs about what I should or shouldn't be eating, that it wasn't so much that I was just then emotionally eating, like eating, but I would feel crappy about myself inside. So when you, and I know like that's something that you, you dealt with in your younger days, correct? Yeah, I've not, not necessarily to the point I've, I'm very grateful. I never went through binging, um, which I am very grateful for, but there was a lot of work that was required in order to make sure that doesn't happen. So again, I feel like things that I've done in my past have led me to this point. Um, but I am very like respectful and understanding and compassionate. And I think that's a big reason why, or maybe like a heightened reason why I want to tap into this emotional eating information because it's not something I can necessarily, I would say personally connect with, with some clients. Like it's easy for me. You see me online and I'm like, cool, follow a meal plan, get to like an insanely low body fat, achieve like epicness. But it's that that's not doable for everybody. It's not doable for a lot of people. And there's a lot of things that come with it from a lifestyle perspective and from a competition and athlete perspective. Um, Emotional eating is, it's everything. Like we, whether we think, whether we think of food as fuel or emotion or whatever, like there is still an attachment to it. Like we need to do this multiple times every day. It is literally what for like allows us to survive and to thrive and to do all the things that we need to do. So I think people are bullshitting us when they're like, Oh, food is just fuel. It's so much more. It is so much more. So that's why I really wanted to tap, tap into that so much. Sorry, yeah. I totally like went down a rabbit hole there. <laughs> no, no, because it, it, it actually just made me think about when you, and again, we are going to get into all the competition stuff, but when you were going through all your prep and you are at um, a low, in, insanely low body fat for competition, and then people see you on social media, right? And I remember, I see the posts, I see the comments. Oh, I want to have a body like yours, Courtney. And I, what I love so much about you is that you're like, whoa, whoa, this is not for everyone. This is for me. And that's what I think, you know, what you are so good at explaining to people is that this isn't doable every single day. This is for a set amount of time. And so... When you are you when you're doing that those extreme, if I can say extreme, because again, there's only a small percentage of people that are a dedicated, motivated, disciplined enough to get to that point. How are you in your mindset, like you just talked about, getting through that? Because I know specifically this past competition where it it was hard. So how did you deal with that on a daily, like, especially like peak weekend, maybe you can explain to the listeners what um, IFBB is, what maybe we're not going to go too deep into that, but I'm just, cause I'm sure you um, have dealt with that all on your YouTube series, but yeah. <laughs> just a little bit about that specific period right up leading to the competition, the mindset portion and what you did to get yourself through that. Okay. Oh, so much to unpack. I'll try to keep it like so simple. Okay. So the IFBB is the International Federation of Bodybuilding. There are two divisions. There's the amateur and then the professional. Basically, everybody who enters or starts competing in this league or in this federation, they start as an amateur. When 
you win against all the other competitors in the specific division. So I'm in the bikini division. I beat out all the other girls at that competition and I won my pro card, which basically it's ultimately this little tiny little piece of paper that gets mailed to me every year. (laughs) And it basically says that I have completed the requirements or I have the status, I guess, of being a professional athlete. So I get to go compete in the professional league, um, which is the literally like the top bodybuilders in the world compete there. So if anyone knows about the Olympia, the fitness expo that happens every year, those athletes are in the same federation or league as I am, but I'm literally at the bottom. And I say that in a very honest and respectful way, not that I'm shit, um, but I am starting at the bottom again. So getting through, I have been competing kind of for like four years, but I have done five IFBB competitions. Um, the last one, obviously I, I earned my pro card status, which is amazing, a great way to end the year and to achieve my goal. Um, going through every prep has been very different mentally. I have had to face new challenges mentally and physically, emotionally, trying to have a balance in life. Um, which ultimately is what it was that was the most challenging or has forced me to, I think, get to get to a pro status. Um, sorry, I need to, we're going to have to crop this for a moment so I can get focused. Ask me the question again. So I know that I'm not off track. Yeah, your mindset. What did you really focus on more this for this specific? Thank you. Okay, um, more so with this competition, it was it was ultimately a process of it was a matter of accumulation to getting my mindset. Whereas last year, because it was still very new for me, ultimately I was trying to find. Ultimately, I was trying to find a balance. And I was trying to find a balance in different areas of my life, but having the balance between competing, owning a business and growing my business and having a relationship. I was trying to like make those three like equal parts. And last year was great. I made great progress. And every time, like I said, every prep was like a little bit different. And every time I learned how to like improve a little bit and improve a little bit. So I would go through like a little bit of resistance and then be like, oh, okay. It's it's like, I used an analogy a while ago talking about this, where it's like, you're walking into a cold lake and at the beginning, like your toes are super, super cold, but then you get used to it. And then you, you step in a little bit further and it's cold on your thighs, but then you get used to it. And then you keep going like a little bit further. That's ultimately what it was for me with prep and getting to peak week. It's basically... Peak week is the final week where if there's any like little fine tuning adjustments we make bikini competitors don't do that much for peak week. We don't do things like water cuts or sodium cuts. Like we don't do anything extreme. Other athletes do, but not in bikini division, which is nice. So it's a lot of just like rest and recovery in a sense. It's easy because you're like, all the work is done. Like I just need to maintain, but it's also that final stretch that little things make a huge difference And one thing done wrong or not to plan can completely alter the end result. So you're like, you're almost there. You're so close. Um, But my mindset is I was 
kind of resisting the fact that like I was trying to find a balance and I was almost like resisting going all in on competing. And I'm like, I can't do that. I need to go all in. Um, I was also resisting and I obviously hindsight's 2020. I was resisting protocols, um, not intentionally, but kind of like indirectly. And I know that you can relate to this and I know that you get this and probably a lot of other people do where like, okay, let's just say, for example, if I'm in a deficit and my coach gives me a certain amount of calories, if I under eat, technically it's a little bit better. So I would like constantly be like challenging the protocols or like pushing the envelope. There were times earlier this year where I would overdo my cardio protocols and be like, oh, it's just extra steps. But it's like, yeah, but that goes into the puzzle and that makes a different um, formula later on. So little things like that, like those little things that it's like, oh, well, I don't need to mention it or whatever, kind of pushing that. Those little things do add up. And it was kind of an accumulation of all those little things, plus just like my mindset growing. I was like, if I need to be the best, I need to go all in on this. So I feel like I'm all over the place of this conversation. Um, so last year, I was trying to find a balance. This year, I was like, I am going all in on competing. That's it. My business is going to come second. My relationship is going to come third. I had very clear communication with everybody regarding all of this. And I was like, this is a non-negotiable. So I learned how it was very uncomfortable um, saying no to a lot of things and saying, sorry, husband, like we can't go do things. We can't do our um, weekend dinners that we always do, even if everything is meticulous. No. It's, it's out of my routine. And if it's like I've said before, if it's not a full body fuck, yes, then it's a hard fuck. No. Um, and that's ultimately what it was. I had to say no to more things than I could ever imagine, but it's sacrifices and specific goals require specific protocols and specific sacrifices. And I sacrificed a lot and that's why it's not hard or that's why it is hard. And that's why it's not easy. And that's why I feel like I, should speak up about things like this because these aren't things that are commonly shared, whether it is from a competing standpoint or lifestyle. Um, I feel like being honest with my experiences is really, really important. Yeah. Because like there's interesting you just said there that you have an amazing team with, with, uh, with CFL coaching. So they were able to, you know, when you're able to communicate your desires and your boundaries and setting that up, I think in a respectful way, people are going to understand. And that goes for anything in life, right? When you can communicate, and we talked about this so much, communication is huge. And when you can set those boundaries up and what you your expectations are and what you desire, you're going to get the same from other people because they're going to understand it in a more realistic way. But being a newlywed, because you are, right? You, you just got married last May. Um, how, how was that? Because that's huge, right? Like relationship, especially being a newlywed, just getting married, you're still in the honeymoon stage. How did your husband deal with that? Because a lot of guys wouldn't probably take that too lightly. Yeah, it was one thing that I'm incredibly grateful for is when I met my husband, he only knew me as an athlete. So my very first competition that I did in 2019 here, he came to watch. 
So he really only knew me as, as, as that. And whether I was doing bikini competitions or powerlifting, like my lifestyle for the last over decade is nutrition and training. It's very important. I practice what I preach and this is a lifestyle for me. So he's only ever known me for that, for always measuring my food. And if I'm going to the gym, I'm going to the gym and I have a protocol and like, yes, it was a little bit more loose, obviously, than when I'm in prep. Um, But he's always understood that and he knows that's who I am. So when I started competing and kind of leveling up like this, it it was only kind of like a little bit more. It was like a little bit more heightened. Um, There have been many times where we have had conversations and I will be completely honest. He's like, you're selfish. You're selfish. He doesn't say that anymore because he knows like this is how I am. Um, But he also knows how important things like this are to me. And now that we live together, so we lived together for like six months, I think, before we um, got married. He was able to see my day to day and he understands what is required in order for me to be the best. And honestly, I think he likes me competing more than I do (laughs) and I love it. And he's always like, okay, what are we doing? Like, what's going on? Like, where are we going? I'm here with you. He's so, so supportive because he sees how much I love doing it and how fun it is. So he's very supportive. Um, It has required a lot of communication, especially because English is not his first language. So being in in a way, it's helped me learn how to communicate better also with my clients in order to simplify terms and make it in a way so that they understand. Um, So being very, very clear instead of being like, well, I think he gets what I'm saying. It's like he has to because of language perspective. Um, So when we when we got married, Marriage for me was never an overly important thing in my life, um, just kind of growing up. So our wedding was epic, but very small. He organized everything because I'm like, I, I don't care to have like that big celebration. Um, so the wedding was great. It was kind of like a one and done thing. And I was technically in prep <laughs> when, when we had it. Um, but it was, it, our lifestyle is very fun. And we try not to, I guess, in a way, take things seriously. So we're like, yeah, like the wedding is great. It's really important. We haven't done a honeymoon. Like we live in Cancun. Like we haven't done a honeymoon. We were talking about it. And I'm like, when? When are we going to go? We're both busy with work and whatever, but we always live in paradise. So our wedding and our marriage and our relationship is definitely not typical. It's not common. Um, But I think one of the most important things for us to get to where we are and be successful in our relationship is just the communication and making sure that there are no, when we leave a conversation, there are no questions up in the air. Like everything is being clearly answered um, with very clear communication. And again, like that's transferred over into my business and just my personal sense of being as well, just being so insanely clear on goals and communication and thoughts and actions I think that's, I mean, obviously that's so, so important. And that's definitely an area that I've grown a lot in the last year. And through, you know, our, our monthly chat about where I'm at with things and doing what I do, I communicate in a very different way at work. <laughs> and sometimes that, um, and I'm going to use the word attitude because as a police officer, it has to be, I have to be a different person but then I have to be a different person at home, right? Because I can't use the same language at work that I use at home. But 
definitely growing in that area has been one of the biggest things and lessons I've learned last year. But what you what you mentioned there about like it's different to be uh, a power lifter competitor and a bikini, right? So there's those are different for sure. But I remember a time where you were not, he was like, I'm never going to do a bikini competition. What shifted in your mind? What, what happened? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it was, I was very against it. And like I had said, um, when we were talking about like the binging and I've never been through it, but there was a lot of things that required me in my past to kind of get to where I am. When I was younger, now way before I even got into powerlifting, which for those who don't know, powerlifting is a one rep max of squat, bench press, and deadlift um, from a strength perspective. If you look at me online, I do not look like a powerlifter. If you Google search powerlifters, I'm literally a fraction of these people, (laughs) but it's fun. Anyway, um, so I think when I kind of transitioned from being a graphic designer into being a personal trainer was when I started going to the gym And I had interest. I actually was interested in doing a fitness competition because I saw it in a magazine and I was like, Ooh, I want to do this Set my new year's resolution to compete. And then as I started learning a little bit more, I, there were thoughts like, Oh, I have to be more strict with my diet and I can't party anymore and I can't can't drink. And it's going to be like tilapia and asparagus and, relationships with food and just, I heard a lot of toxicity in the industry and this industry has shifted and evolved immensely in the last decade. Um, But at that point I was like, I don't think it's a good fit for me to focus on that. And looking back now, if I had started competing when I was like 20 years old or 22, I would have very likely developed very unhealthy relationship with my body, with my mind, with food, like it just would have been really bad. So for me to focus on growing my business and doing powerlifting, which is more so focusing on what my body can do, not just what it looks like, that really helped me become a better person, have a better relationship with myself, with food, with the gym. And honestly, with my clients, that is a huge foundational element of my coaching where it's like, yeah, but we can build a body and it doesn't mean that you're going to gain a bunch of weight and be huge and jacked. Like, look at me, I'm small. And I know that your body isn't the same as my body, but like, Hey, if I can do it, like I can show you how to, how we can do it together. Um, so the powerlifting was really, really important for me. Now, when I shifted, I guess I was living in Mexico And competitions, powerlifting competitions here are very few and far in between, like once a year, if those people decide to do it once a year. So I was going like a full year without competing. And that gets really hard when you focus 364 days on one day. So at that time, it was like 2019 in like kind of the beginning of the summer-ish. And that is when a lot of competitions happen locally, sorry, um, bodybuilding competitions happen locally and also internationally. So it's really popular. The people who I follow, my friends, they're, they were, they had like a foot in, in that industry, in that field. So I was kind of like getting sights on it. And I was like, you know what? Like, 
that could be something different and fun to work towards. And honestly, I really thought a bikini competition was easy. I'm like, all I need to do is go on stage with a tiny little shiny bikini, stick my butt out to the judges, flip my hair a little bit, and I'll probably win. And I'm like, I'm strong. I can, I can outdo these girls. Like they got nothing on me. Even though I did win that competition, that is way beside the point. It taught me a lot. And learning from that first, the first competition I did, I was like, let's just do something small locally, see if I like it. Because it is a very big investment, not just on energy, on mind, on my metabolism. It is very expensive to compete. So I'm like, let's just see. And then I'll go from there. I loved it. It taught me so much about myself. And I'm like, it's not even about that last day and stepping on stage for literally 15 seconds. It is so much more than that. And every time I have done a comp, a, a prep, I have learned something about myself in some way I never could have imagined. Like this time last year saying I would have turned into a pro, I would have been like, you're batshit crazy. Like that's not, not going to happen. Yes, it was a goal, but I didn't understand the work that was required and the levels I needed to grow through in order to get to this status. Um, so the, the bikini competitions and bodybuilding, it is so much more than just building a body. It is the personal development that I have learned from it that continues to like motivate me and to continue for me to strive to be better every single day. Yeah, I remember like I have another, another good friend here who's been doing some competitions and um, that's what she said. She's like, it's just, it's such a great grow in, in not looking at just the end result, right? as with everything in life, right? It's it's the journey along the way. If you miss that, then you've missed 99% of the experience. So I like I like that you said that because a lot of people, right? People that admire or think that that's something that they can do, they look at the end result. Oh, it's going to be fine. This is going to be easy. I'm in good shape. Not realizing the journey that it took to get there. So again, when you're being real and authentic and telling people the way that it really is, it's not to scare them off. It's to say, Hey, you have to become that version of the person that wants that. And I've seen that with myself, but also with you so much um, over the last year that you have really like manifested it. And I, I know some people think that's all woo shit, but it's like when you manifest something, right. But it's like, you set your sight on something, right? You kept that sort of on the wall and you took actions every single day to get there. And that's really what manifest, manifesting is. It's making your life, you're creating what you, what you desire. And so and I've seen that expansion for you in 2022. It was incredible to watch. I want to, I want to chime in. If, if it was, simply the point of receiving my pro card status. I looking back now, I didn't deserve it. Those other four competitions. I wanted it that first show. I'm like, hell yeah, I, I want it. But it it was just a thing. And I didn't know what levels I needed to get through in order to get there because I wanted to know that I have goosebumps as I say this, that as I received that status, I earned it and I deserved it. Not like, 
yeah, well, nobody, like you were just the best on that day. It's like, no, you deserve to be there. I didn't know how much growth and learning was required in order to get there. So if I look back now, I'm like, I wouldn't have wanted my pro card last year or that first competition. I would not have learned anything. And I think that's really important. And that's what I really try to emphasize. Um, Also from a lifestyle perspective is like you, you can't just have your dream body with one diet. You need to learn and you need to understand and you need to grow through so many different experiences. And you have to have those shitty days in order to appreciate those good days. And you have to have that, that weight gain before you see the weight loss. Like it, it all comes, it all comes in one big package. You can't pick and choose what you want. It has to come like everything comes together. Yeah, that's that's a lesson, and that in itself, where people, you know, they want the thing, but you have to get the experience that goes along with it, right? And for you, I know that, like, again, like I, I see, and you show the rest and the what you have done to get where you are. Um, and so how do you manage your energy on a day-to-day basis? Because that's important when it comes to, you know, being an online coach, being a wife, being a mom, but it's also like, how do you manage your energy knowing, keeping in mind, listeners, that, um, you know, Courtney's already said that her life is not like a lot of people's. You know that. You're very aware that you're, you know, you've built the life that you wanted. But how do you manage your energy, like specifically give a day on how, when you're, you know, you're going to the gym, but how do you recharge? Oh, boundaries. Boundaries are a big thing. Um, And having a balance, what I thought was my balance, let's just say last year or two years ago, it is always different. And I was trying to force this ideal balance instead of what more so comes naturally and then molding it from there. Organization is everything. I knew that last year I wanted to go last year as in 2021, at the end of 2021, I was like 2022, I am going all in on competing. I am not focused on growing my business. I'm focusing on like maintaining that foundation. Um, And then like little, little levels up. Right. But I can only go all in on one thing. Like you you can't go all in on everything. So I was like, I'm going all in on competing. That was for this entire year, my number one priority. And you and I, Lyon, like we had video calls and I would be doing my cardio. And I'm like, you know what? You're going to walk with me because I have to be on the treadmill today. And having boundaries, being so clear on time management, a schedule, time blocking things out where I was like, what's the most important thing right now? Right. The gym. Meal prep has to happen. Um, asking for help, offloading responsibilities and delegating tasks have all been really, really important. So managing my energy, it gets harder as I get deeper into prep and I get closer to competitions. But again, like I said, every time or like almost, it's almost like a little season, a season of prep and a season of a competition. It's, I, I learned something else. I learned something really valuable and I'm like, okay, let's level up again. My husband is really, really supportive. And he knows like, if I'm in my office, my door is closed. You don't come in. Like we, we have to have boundaries. Like, I think it's really, really important. Um, so trying to manage being 
a boss and an entrepreneur and a coach and a wife and a friend and a competitor, like trying to manage all of that, not everything can be a number one priority. So picking and choosing and not multitasking, multitasking doesn't work. And ensuring my, and this is how I almost like set my boundaries is my rest days, like the days off from the gym. I call those recovery days. And those are days where I'm like, I need to slow down. I need to do something for self, like really, really intentional. Like I'm going to go to the spa or I'm going to go for a massage or I'm going to block out three hours in the afternoon and just do nothing because I can't go 100% all of the time. I need to have those downtimes. And that's how I find my balance. So trying to manage my energy every single day, there's a challenge. And every single day I'm like, I can be 1% better today. That's the best thing that I've learned from you, right? It's you, you can go from, and I've said it before, you can go from zero to a hundred. It's what are you sacrificing or missing in that journey, right? So when you can focus on the 1%, then you can, you know, you'll eventually get there. And I think maybe you can give a tip or something that you would suggest to people on how to, to do that. Like not necessarily just like the fitness journey or the nutrition, maybe that's, maybe that's where people need to start. But one thing that people can do to start, I guess, you know, it's, we're recording this in January. It'll come out a little bit later at the beginning of the year. But yeah. That people can really start to be 1% better. Is it mindset? Is it nutrition? Is it exercise? Like I know people can go and then people get overwhelmed. What is one thing? you that you that you would give clients or people that you chit chat with about where they can start it's it kind of i'm going to be one of those people and be like i'm not going to give you one tip it can kind of be like a twofold and i'm going to say one pick the lowest hanging fruit whatever is easy for you just do it more if it's if if the nutrition you struggle with and you're like yeah but i can go to the gym start going to the gym start focusing on that pick the lowest hanging fruit the other way i would say is ask for help. What is it that you're struggling with? It doesn't have to be like, I'm going to find the top guru and we're going to do a quick fix and do that eight week challenge. Like we're not here for that. Ask someone for help. What are you really struggling with? And you don't have to know who the perfect person is, but there are so many resources and tools that are free and at our disposable at our disposal online. Ask a friend be like, how are you doing this? Like, just ask for the help that you need. And when you are honest and open to receiving that help, you'll get the answer. Asking for help is huge. So many people struggle with that. Do it. I do. Look where I've gotten. All my clients have asked for help. It's been amazing. Yeah, I remember the day that I sent you that message. (laughs) I was like, finally. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) So funny, eh? Um, I, I've seen the expansion, like myself, you, so many people in the last year, but what beliefs have you had to let go of in order to, you know, not just get your pro card, but to really level up into, um, you know, that head coach at your CFL coaching, but like, maybe there's more than one, but what belief have you had to let go of? I, I always used to believe that. I needed to stay quiet and small and to 
shut up and do the things that society tells us to do. I come from a very small town with a very simple upbringing. I was not exposed to a lot of culture, to a lot of variety, like vanilla. Vanilla was smeared all over my life when I was young. It was like to get a job, get a good job. Being an artist was not a job. I was made fun of forever. My brother used to pick on me all the time. Um, He's like, an artist isn't a job. You're not going to be successful. Um, To get a career, to get married, to have kids, to buy a house, to have the security, like all of that. And little by little, I would start going out of the norm and then being like, Ooh, what else can I do? Ooh, what else can I do? And again, it was a snowball effect or the breadcrumbs. And it was just like one thing after another. So the beliefs in order, the beliefs that I let go of was that I need to do things a certain way. And over the last couple of years, I'm like, let's just figure it out and see what happens. Me moving to Mexico. Let's just figure it out and see what happens. I've had a one way ticket. I'm like, I don't know how to do this. Me, I don't know, getting married here. I'm like, I don't know, let's figure it out, like, see what happens. Me competing. I'm like, I don't know unless I try. Me hiring coaches. I didn't, I was so against hiring coaches. I'm like, I can do it all on my own. I'm independent. If I do it my way, it's never going to be wrong. Being like thinking that I have to do things a certain way because other people do them a certain way. That was one thing that I let go of. And I think being able to explore that more little by little has allowed me to tap into being a better coach and being like, let's entertain this idea. Let's, let's go against the norms. Let's not just look at the data from a number standpoint. Let's, let's see what other options we can do. If it doesn't work, at least we know. And then if that doesn't work, that shifts us back more so onto the clear path of yes. Do you find that a lot of people uh, maybe specifically clients, but that people don't want to do that. People don't want to do that because it's it's unknown, right? Like you're just saying like, oh, let's just figure it out. But did you always have that sort of as a kid even? Like you said, you spoke about, and it's the same way, right? Like I grew up in a very small town. This is what you should do. This is what you should do. This is, And to be honest, that's how I ended up in policing because I remember coming back from traveling and my dad's like, are you going to settle down and get a real job? And I just was so, like, I guess exhausted from traveling, but knowing that that was joyful to me. But I succumbed to that. And again, that's a whole other podcast that I talked about. But you find that, what is it that you, from your client's perspective, that you see people don't want to just do the, let's just do this and figure it out. What is the one biggest thing that? When, when we play it safe, the outcomes are more guaranteed. Not always guaranteed, but more guaranteed. We know that if we do this, then chances are this is going to happen. We as humans have been around for long enough to know what works and what doesn't work, right? If, if we're being honest. But playing that risk card. Now, with my clients, we play safe risks. We learn from experience. We know what works and doesn't work. and But... Taking these risks are little things that get us outside of our comfort zone. And it's not all of a sudden, like, let's just do something absolutely wild. And there's like a 5% chance that it's going to work out. We're, we're not, we're not here for that. 
But we want to know that we're taking little steps outside of our comfort zone because we don't grow inside of our comfort zone. Nothing epic comes from our comfort zone. Now there's a time and a place to be in your comfort zone. Like if you're traveling, it's like, get, if you're traveling and there's all these like environmental factors happening, it's so good to be in your comfort zone and to establish consistency and be like, yeah, but I didn't say I fell off the wagon and I didn't YOLO because I was consistent. That's great. That's wonderful. Like let's hang out in the comfort zone, but new growth is not going to come from there. New growth means we need to stay, take a step out. And little by little, when we take little steps out, we were like, oh, okay, that wasn't too bad. It's like taking that step into the deeper water. You're not all of a sudden just going to jump in and have that insane shock. It's like, let's just stick our toes in just, just a little bit and see see how that feels. And you're like, okay, that was tolerable. So the the risks and taking chances when we are actually truly open to them and not resistant, that's when great things happen. That's when we level up. That's when we can be better 1% every day. It's not about going from zero to a hundred because that's not sustainable. You don't, you can't control that speed. Right. But little by little, like stepping outside of your comfort zone, that's where all the growth happens. So I, I, that's why I always encourage that with clients. Like let's, let's take a little bit of a risk. We know that there is going to be a reward from it, but let's let's see what happens. And you get a lot of like everyone's different. We know about this there. Um, and again, just in general, people that come to you to want to obviously are at that point, right? They they want to level up. They want to do something different. But then is there been a bit point, and maybe you've learned from your coaching where you've had to pull back. Maybe you've realized you've pushed people a little bit too much. And then there's that huge wall of resistance. And you've like, oh shit, I think I need I need to come back. But what how do you then reapproach that with people where maybe they're they put them back self into that comfort zone way too much? I I really learned last year when I was competing that I needed to develop a tougher mentality. And in a good way and a bad way, I pushed that onto my coaching. And I was like, you need to buck up. You need to, you need to go harder. You need to shut off those emotions. And I'm like, not everyone is like that. Not everyone has that mindset or that drive or that lifestyle or that, that kind of attitude. So there have been times where I've kind of pushed clients a little bit too hard. And thankfully the resistance that I received from them was well received in the sense that I learned a lot from that. And I'm like, not everyone wants to go 100. We don't have to go 100 to be successful. We can go 50% because if that's 50% more from where you started, that's amazing growth. Um, so I have absolutely pushed, I pushed myself too hard and I felt the resistance to the point where it wasn't beneficial. And I'm like, okay, that, that isn't necessary. Um, so it's, it's been a learning experience and yeah, there has been resistance, but it's all been taken positively. And when I'm honest with my clients again, which I think is really important to say like, you know what, I'm not perfect. We're going to take a risk. And this is why I preach clear communication all the time that like, if you're not feeling comfortable or if I'm pushing you too hard, you need to let me know because I need to know where our boundaries are. My goal is to always meet the client where they are and to level up with them and to push them a little bit. But there, there, it's a learning experience, right? Like, I don't know how much I can push a client until I can push a client. 
And you know, personally with you, like we push a little bit, we push a little bit, but if I pushed you as hard now, when we started, you would be like, this is not for me. Like, this isn't cool. I can't do this. This is insane. But little by little, I was like, okay, I can push you a little bit more. And then I will ask you, and I think this is really important. Again, asking for help or delegating is, can I push you more? Can we go a little bit harder? Can we, can we level up this week? Or like, do you feel confident in this challenge? And more often than not, the client's like, hell yeah, let's do it. Yeah, because you built that. I mean, obviously it's very, you've got to trust the people that you, if you've invested in someone as a coach, you've invested for a reason, right? And there's reasons why we are attracted to certain people and repel against others because of their styles or methodology, which changes, right? Like you were just saying, some people you can push harder than others. But I think, again, communication is so big. Not, it's the coaching aspect, just life in general. And I see so much downfall in relationships in general when there's no communication. And I I think that is one of the biggest things that I've learned from you over the last year where you can communicate your needs and desires and ask for help in such a loving way and a respectful way that it really changes the dynamics of your entire life, to be quite honest. Yeah, your your attitude and intentions with communication is everything. You can communicate something 10 different ways and it can be received different ways. And I think it's really, really important. And that's, again, something... I am constantly learning about with my clients. So, I mean, we've sort of talked about the things that you've had to let go of. Is there something that you learned about yourself? Like that's really shocked you? Not even like you've been able to push yourself to the point of, not to the point, but like push yourself where you need to be to get specifically your pro card. But is there something that you've learned over the last year um, on more of that personal aspect that's really shocked you that maybe you didn't know about yourself and not even just the shit, I can really freaking do this. I can set my mind to this, but something, I don't know, just something that sort of shocked you to the point of, Whoa, wow. I didn't know that about myself. How much my mindset is everything. Yes. The whole like, Oh my God, I can actually do this. Little by little, again, it, it's all it's all that 1%. It's that accumulation of like, oh, I can do this. What else can I do? What else can I do? But actually, from a hobby, I guess, standpoint or passion standpoint, like the fact that I actually can be amongst one of the best like athletes like in that category is amazing. That has completely shocked me, even though I manifested it and everything. Like it's completely different, right? But just the fact that how much my mindset controls things, I could, I can push myself to go do something to the point where I'm going to vomit. But if my mindset is holding me back and resisting it, it's having, having a clear mind, low stress. I don't know how, how we want to phrase it, but having such a calm mind is everything is everything. You can shut your brain off and do things, but if there's resistance, like in your mindset, in your soul, if that's what you want to call it, I don't know. I feel like I'm going all all over the place with this, but having a sense of calmness is everything. 
And that is something that has like looking back, I'm like, wow, I needed to have a sense of calm internally within my soul before I can do hard things. Yeah, that that's perfect because that's sort of what's what's actually the next question I was going to ask you is that what do what did you do like for me? I listen to know that meditation is a huge part of my life because if I can't get that calmness in what's going on upstairs in my brain, it's sometimes cluttered. That if I don't have that, I am not. I'm not a good mom. I'm not a good wife. I don't want to go to work. I don't want to be around people. Like, is there was there a morning routine, a daily routine that you adapted or have always had or modified that gave you that calmness? I. It, it was a lot of learning, and again, it's like an accumulation, right? So I learn one thing from one prep or one season or one client. And and I'm like, okay, I can take this into the next one. And I was learning that even though I'm like, no, I'm fine. It's like, no, I'm actually stressed. And one thing I've really tapped into is how stress plays such an important role on our ability to sleep, our training, our recovery, our digestion, our ability to focus, have a good relationship. And if there are things, I'm the kind of person that if there's something on my mind, it will like cripple me. I'm like, I cannot get this out of my mind. If there's something that's constantly there, I'm like, I need to address the elephant in the room. I need to eat the frog. I need to do whatever it is. So that every day when I woke up, whether it was a morning routine or whatever, I'm like, I have such clear intentions and I know exactly what I need to do. If something's causing me resistance where I'm like, I really don't want to, I'm just randomly throwing this out there. I really don't want to deal with this client is this going to benefit me in the long run or is there just going to like accumulate this resistance? Or if there's a conversation that needs to be had, you can't avoid it. You need to have that conversation or let it go. And that just came from, I think experience and little by little being like, okay, if this is on my mind, I need to get this done. It's basically eating the frogs and it's like doing the thing that you don't want to do because you know what is required when that happens. Yeah, because we leave those things and they fester, right? That's where a lot of a lot of stress comes from, a lot of anxiety when we're not dealing with things that we know we should be dealing. And I don't like the word should, but that we know deep in our in our gut, that inner knowing that we should be dealing with things. And when we don't, it festers into so many other aspects, disease or um, you know, lack of motivation or discipline. And do you do, do you journal? Do you have a meditation practice? Like what do you do to get other than eating the frog and getting communication out there? Is there anything else that you do to release that sort of stress? I have a to-do list. I have a to-do list. So incredibly clear that <laughs> that, that really helps me stay focused. Um, I do have a morning routine that helps me stay. Um, I'm going to say grounded and very intentional in my daily actions. And one thing that I started implementing and I, love this immensely for just me is about two months ago I've kind of not always but for the last decade I guess have been like fairly faithful um in the sense of like believing in in God I grew up with it and then I somehow turned into an atheist and I was like there is no there is no higher power and then kind of retapped back into that 
Um, so I've kind of been like on and off with prayer, but I'm always like, I express gratitude and things. Um, and then over the last couple of months before every single meal and I eat like five or six times a day, I would just close my eyes and I would like hug my little bowl or plate of tacos and I would express some kind of gratitude and it could, could have just been a simple thank you. A lot of the times, especially up from the last month, it was thank you to receive my pro card on December 11th. Like I literally would say that five or six times a day and that should manifest, but it's not just a matter of saying it. It's a matter of doing it. And so I guess if we want to call that meditation, because obviously meditation looks very different. We want to call that prayer. Um, Journaling. I've done journaling. I've not that I haven't found benefit in it, but I have tried it and it's just not a practice that I continue doing. It might come back later. Um, But I am very clear every day, multiple times a day to kind of help ground me and focus on now it's more of a matter of focusing on like one little thing every day. So maybe today it's like, thank you for calmness. And I will say that instead of just saying it in the morning and then like going on with my day and completely forgetting that thought, I repeat that constantly throughout the day. And it really seems to ground me or connect me with my intentions as I go through daily actions. Oh my gosh. I love that so much because so many successful people, and again, it's success is whatever you determine it to be, right. always bring it back to some form of gratitude and being able to anchor into that, in that yes. feeling of that. And like you said, it's not just saying it and then going about, you have to be able to anchor into that feeling and believing it. Like you saying, thank you for my pro card on December 11th. And you, how did you, when you said that, what, what did you feel? How did you feel that was able to take that to the days or the moments later on where you're maybe too busy? Were you able to anchor back into that feeling? Yeah, that, that feeling as it, as I began saying it, it would, it would feel different. Obviously it would feel very foreign, but then it would feel comfortable. And I would start to build like a little bit of confidence. It was just like that one little, it's like that little tick that it's like, yes, this is getting more solid. This is getting more solid. And it's just like hardening, you know, like over time. Um, And it would be really confident, like confident boosting for me. And I found that the daily, the daily constant intention. Yeah. Like you said, how it anchored me, it, it really helped. And I found it to be so important. Like I would journal and then I would close the book and it would be gone for the day. Mm-hmm. And then my intentions are great in the morning, but then it's like, yeah, but a five minute intention or a five second intention for 24 hours, like that does nothing. So being able to repeat it, I am very much a person person that I need to see or hear or visualize something multiple times in order for it to like really click in. I'm not just like a one and done. I learned it and that's it. Um, I need constant application and I find that is kind of like a learning tool that really works well for me. So yeah, just being able to repeat that. And I find that my memory gets better and my intentions get more clear and my actions are more purposeful that like, if today I'm praying and saying, giving thanks for um, like calmness, uh, then I'm not going to do things that don't make me feel calm. You know, so it it just gets me more clear on 
what I need to do and how I do everything. Oh my gosh, I love that because I think that a lot of people have difficulty with keeping it consistent. You're so right. Like I've done that before. I've I've done the journaling and then you forget about it and then I come back to it. Like there's a reason why this hasn't stuck because this you go and you do it um, and then it doesn't stay with you. So having yourself anchored to the meals, right? You're bringing that awareness to yourself and your present moment five, six, seven times a day or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, so I love that so much. And so that's a, that's a great tip for anybody who maybe setting the attention at five in the morning or whatever, and then it's gone 10 minutes later. And keeping it so simple, I think is really important too. I had noticed that I would start making like a friggin' novel of all these things that I'm like, thank you for this. And thank you for that. And I'm like, I know I'm grateful for that. I, not that I don't need to say it or to acknowledge it, but I'm like, let's just focus on one thing. Let's just focus on one thing for the day. Thank you for calmness. And that's it. That's all we're going to focus on today. That's all. That's the 1%. Love it. I love it so much. Um, and so, Courtney, I know we talked about balance earlier, and I'm not a huge fan of that word just because, like you said, right, there's, there's – it's putting – things even, even, right? We're trying to make everything and please everybody do everything. And so I like using the word harmony because it's allowing sort of all of the goodness, but on different tones, I guess we could say. And so you've sort of touched on that, but right now as we start a new year, um, what's your vision for CFL coaching? Are you competing again this year? Um, Which I already know the answer. Um, and then how do you, right now, how are you finding the harmony in your life? Getting back to maybe moving, is your business going back to number one? Or maybe you putting your husband at the top? Or how are you prioritizing things if you start this new year? As, as I transitioned out of competing, so I was in, last year I prepped for like 10 months of like rigid insanity. So transitioning out of that, I find, and I've learned this from many, many, past experiences that it's better to keep things consistent than it is to like overhaul and big oh prep is over and I'm just gonna eat normal I'm just gonna go back to life and screw my diet and I don't need to do cardio like no I'm gonna keep things as consistent as possible because that is my like that's my balance or that's my harmony because all, all of a sudden you can't go from one extreme to the other so in order to keep that harmony, it's just like little shifts and little shifts and little shifts. And technically right now I'm in prep again and I'm still like 22 weeks out and there's still like a long-term plan. Um, but the, the least amount of things I can change right now, because that's what has worked for me over the last year. So having, I'm going to say a little bit more harmony and almost, not equal playing grounds, but trying to find a little bit more, um, fairness, I guess, with my coaching and with my relationship, especially as those kind of compete against (laughs) competitions, Um, just slowly implementing like a few more protocols. Like right now I am putting a little bit more emphasis on coaching. And over this last two weeks, especially, I've been able to tap in just a lot better and being more purposeful and clear and in the moment with each client has, has really helped me. Um, new clients and communication and putting out content, like all of that stuff I've really been able to tap into where I wasn't able to do that in prep last year. Um, and then also planning ahead, 
and I, I have time, I'm going to prepare tons of content for the next few months so that if, and when I need it later, that's really important to me. So trying to find harmony now, it's not too different from next, from like how I want this year to go. I want to, while I can put more emphasis on coaching and I am planning again, nobody else knows this. So I'm going to tell you my secrets is I'm going to be doing, I definitely want to do probably two athlete retreats this year, but I know I can't put them in with my competition. So finding my competitions and my schedule for that first, and then finding out where other things kind of fit in. Um, that's, that's how I find harmony. And would you have ever thought like living in a small town in Ontario, like where you were with the mindset of the people that you were around that you could have ever imagined where you are now? No. And it reminds me how wild life is and how much potential we have and just that like great things can happen little by little great things can happen. Like me even telling people from my town and from my family, like I just did this or I'm doing this. And they're like, what? I'm like, yeah, it's right. It's crazy. And I, I really stay grounded, I think, in the sense of I always look back at, like, where I came from. And my mantra, I think it was, like, two years ago, was, like, remember who you are and level the fuck up. And it's always remembering who I am at my roots and my my mindset and my core beliefs and ethics. That has always stayed the same. It's just elevated a little bit more and a little bit more and I will always stay grounded and it helps me stay really grateful for all the great things that happen and continue to happen I think that I think that giving yourself permission to change as right so many people don't do that especially like coming from small towns it's well you never get out and being able to give yourself permission to just do the thing and to change and to say hey you know this is this is me but I still know who I am is such an amazing thing that people could take forward as we start another year and be able to just level up. Right. And I love that that's sort of one of your, your biggest uh, mantras that you have everywhere and level, level that up people. It's fine. Yes. So where can people find you, follow you, all the things? In Mexico. I'm coming. Beach. I'm coming. <laughs> Yay. Uh, I am like all over Courtney for life. So my first name, Courtney, F-O-R-L-I-F-E. That is my Instagram with an underscore at the end. But if you just search Courtney for life, it shows up. Um, that is my YouTube. That is my podcast. That is my website, CourtneyForLife.com. I have TikTok and Twitter. Those aren't really business related. Those are more just like personal things. Um, but basically if you want to find me, it is CourtneyForLife.com. Com or Courtney for life with an underscore is my Instagram. And I am all over there with tacos and sunshine and real and relatable, honest and fun posts and all great things. Yes, absolutely. Definitely all the tacos. I enjoyed all the tacos in Mexico last year. And now, oh, I, know, now I know, now I get to know that maybe I need to find some more time off. So I love you to bits and I appreciate you and grateful so much that you were here today with me 
And if you love this episode as much as I did, because I'm going to go back and listen again because there's so many good tidbits in here. Make sure that you share and go and follow Courtney on all the social media. Thank you so much, Courtney. Why? Thank you so much to have me here. Honestly, it was like an honor. It was so much fun. I love this conversation. I'm sorry for the phone calls. My grandparents were trying to call me. <laughs> I love it. I might have thank, you. thank you. And I, I hope for whatever this is worth, this has encouraged all your listeners to understand that life is crazy and you can, there are so many potentials waiting for you. If you just ask for help and take that one little step outside your comfort zone in order to be 1% better today great things can happen. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Love you. Bye. Thank you so much for being here with me today. If you love this episode, make sure you subscribe and share it with someone who you think would love it too. And a five-star review helps get the Spiritual Shipper Group podcast out to those that need it most. I can't wait to connect with you online. So make sure you follow me on Facebook at The Spiritual Shipworker and on Instagram at Lyanne McGahee. It's time to enjoy the shift, one breath at a time.